Thanks for tuning in to the Fertility Health Podcast, hosted by renowned fertility specialist Mark Trollis, MD. Each episode features first-hand advice and potential treatment news, tips, and strategies listeners can use on their fertility journey. And now, here's your host, Dr. Trollis. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Trollis, and joining me today to discuss uh, infertility and relationship issues is a dear friend, Dr. Bill Petock. Um, Bill is a doctorate at the University, or received his doctorate, pardon me, at the University of Maryland, postdoctoral training uh, in Family Therapy Institute. Uh, he's practicing in Baltimore and Maryland, clinical associate professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the Sidney Kimmel Medical College of, Tom, of Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. Uh, he's been involved in two films for training therapists, and he's past chair of the Mental Health Professional Group of the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. Uh, I uh, brought Bill on uh, to talk about something that's very, very important uh, for, for all of you who are uh, suffering uh, through the challenge of infertility, and, and I think often it's neglected in our specialty. I, I know uh, physicians in their times of uh, trying to take care of as many patients as they could, they sometimes neglect the psychological impact. You know, fertility is a physical, emotional, and financial investment. Uh, but the emotional component, as I said, doesn't always get the attention that it deserves. Uh, I have a, a reproductive health psychologist as, uh, uh, with my practice since the beginning. Uh, I feel so uh, much of a strong need for this. So I wanted to bring uh, Bill on to talk about how relationship issues come about and, and what we can do to try to uh, maintain a healthy relationship while dealing with such a, a significant burden like infertility. Bill, welcome to the, the Fertility Health Podcast. Thanks. I'm really glad to be here, Mark. I appreciate the invite. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. So, Bill, I, I, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, initially what you see uh, in your years of experience, what you see as the different responses uh, now, I'm talking about a heterosexual couple, uh, but certainly we have LGBT patients. Uh, but but let's, let's take a heterosexual couple uh, initially. Is there a different response that you see uh, of, uh, of, of fertility when they, when they go to see an infertility specialist or they're having difficulty, the man responding differently than the woman? How would you describe the, the typical responses? Well, I think it depends on where the infertility lies, Mark. If it's uh, a female factor, if it's uh, a problem in the, in the way the woman's ovulating or uh, ability to uh, carry, then I think you're going to see one kind of reaction. If it's uh, a male factor, a guy has um, problems with either uh, obstructed sperm delivery or he has uh, problems with uh, producing sperm, then I think there's a different kind of reaction you're going to get there. Um, yeah. So... So you got you got to start there, um, yeah, to, to start thinking about it. Now, if you're talking about a real traditional kind of setup, where it's a it's a woman's got a problem in some way and she's married, um, this is going to affect her personally. Um, so she's going to feel the loss and the uh, perhaps shame um, and guilt uh, in a much stronger way. Yeah, I the worst words I hear. Uh, from a woman is, I feel like a failure. 
and uh, that 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 cuts so deep to the devastation of this diagnosis uh, and this challenge because they feel so much less of a woman. They they feel broken, and they're they're not part of uh, their their friends. They can't share with their girlfriends uh, conversations. But what I see is a difference between the two, Bill, and, and, and I'm interested to hear your experience. Women are almost begging for an answer, uh, and, and in some way hoping that it's something that we can identify in them to fix. Where, whereas if it's the man, there is no worse information we could ever provide. They become almost para- paralyzed in... Uh, either guilt or, or frustration or, or even anger, uh, if you will. Uh, are you, are you, do you see that too? I, I think you're, 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 very, you're very right about that for a number of reasons. I, first of all, um, what, what defines a woman's femininity more than becoming a mother? Um, it's a process which involves her physically. She's carrying a child for nine months, and most, most of us figure that our life is going to proceed in a very normal way. We're going to go to school. We're going to figure out what we're going to do with our lives to earn a living. We're going to meet someone. We're going to fall in love. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. And when that last chunk doesn't happen, uh, that's really distressing. And especially if you've dreamed of being a mother and now you have roadblocks thrown in your face, um, it's frustrating. It's, it's, it's a failure to, to be that person that you wanted to be. Um, and women, are so good at talking about how they feel compared to men. Mm. So you yeah. get yeah. you get a situation where a, a woman's very able to express that, and a guy doesn't have a vocabulary or yeah. feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, no, it's definitely different reactions, uh, 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 both. But it, it is heartwarming to to see them when they when they come together, and, and which brings me to the point of. What are danger signs? What are what are things that you say, hey, uh, we're, we're going down a slippery slope here, and we have to be concerned. One of them, of course, is the blame game. Uh, but but w- w- when when couples and hopefully couples are seeing you, um, uh, what 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 is a red flag to you to say, hey, this is a little bit more uh, of a concern that we have to be careful about how we're going here. Well, I think, as you pointed out, if somebody's blaming somebody else for a situation, um, that's going to be nonproductive. Nothing's, nothing's going to happen as a result of that. Um, when there's a lot of disagreement about what to do, uh, when, when you know, the, uh, a physician prescribes a, a course of treatment and says, these are the things I think would be best for you to do, and there's a lot of arguing and sniping about which way to go. Um, or indecisiveness, uh, somebody's holding things up. Um, and, you know, you watch couples and, you know, if there's, there's sniping, sniping in the, in the session, um, that's really problematic. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, that, that's a red flag for me right away. Right, right. Do you see, do you see, or, or how much do you see of financial concerns uh, causing uh, the, dispa- the discrepancy and disparity of couples? That's a great question. I think, you know, for couples who have limited budgets, um, the, the cost of uh, fertility treatments can be um, just overpowering. And if they live in a state that doesn't have mandated insurance or they have limited or no insurance coverage, 
you know, where's the money going to come from? Is uh, you know, because typically these are people who have other things in their life that have costs uh, associated with it. They've got cars, they've got homes, they've got clothing, they've got food. Um, you know, all of those things. And now you're faced with this uh, financial burden, um, which and if people have different, and people typically do have different ideas about how to spend money. It's usually one person's yeah. more conservative than the other. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I tell my male patients when they come, uh, you know, heterosexual couples, I said, you know, when they're taking about when they're saying, you know, wait a minute, how much is this going to cost, and so on and so forth, and the woman uh, is just go 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 a lot of times, and you know, I I, I jokingly say, you know, a happy life is a happy wife. Uh, I I went through ten years of infertility with my wife, and uh, I, you know, I share with my patients, uh, I didn't have a lot of input. Uh, you know, this was extremely important to my wife, to me as well, but I, I, I mean, I, I was devastated over this, but um, I don't, you know, biologically, of course, the, the, the parental investment is different. And, and I, I often see that the wife comes here uh, holding back at home, and sometimes it's the first time that the husband sees her really break down and really showing the impact this is having on her life. She tried to put up a good face, if you will, for her husband and not wanting to stress him. Uh, and I, and, and when you, I ask invariably every single couple, after we do the medical history, I say, okay, now tell me, how are you really doing? And that's when the floodgates open and they're crying. And, and it's almost not just cathartic, but, but um, therapeutic in the sense that that the man may not have known the impact this was having on them. Do you, do you see that? Sure, because sometimes what happens is, you know, they're both trying to protect each other. So they're not going to let each other know just how bad they feel. Um, and, you know, I think the challenge is greater for men because we're brought up to believe that we're supposed to be the strong ones. We have to, you know, keep it together all the time. And I've seen guys who are just as devastated um, about their wife's fertility problems as their wives are. Um, but their job is to keep it together. You can't let on that you're, you're sad because that's a sign of weakness and you've been brought up to be strong. And on the other side, she thinks you're being cold and uh, unfeeling and uncaring and that's really not the case most of the time. Um, so, you're, you know, they're protecting each other. We yeah. see that see that with regularity. Do you see? Have you come across any any numbers of the percentages of divorce from from infertility patients? I, I don't remember coming across that. You know, it, it, it used to be in the in the psychology literature and the mental health literature that you know this was a red flag because this could blow up marriages. I've been doing this since 1985, so we're talking 30 plus years. In that time, I can think of one couple who divorced. Um, now, now it may be I've been very lucky um, with the, the folks that I've seen, uh, but, I, but I'm only seeing them for the mental health component of it, so I'm not seeing it, the medical stuff. And, and also, it's a little biased because they are coming to see you, which means that there is a little bit of a step advantage that they're, they're recognizing that they need to see somebody, uh, which which is important for all our listeners. Uh, it's not a sign of weakness to see a counselor. It's really a way to cope uh, with what you're going through. 
In fact, I'd say it's a sign of strength uh, to say, you know, this this is tough, and I want to uh, I want to get some assistance with it. I want to get some guidance on ways to approach it. Um, you know, I, I think the the other thing is, you know, thinking about I'm thinking about this one couple, and their marriage was in trouble before they came to see me, and I don't think it had anything to do with the fertility issue. It had a lot mm-hmm. to do with, with their, their own style. So, yeah, I think the other thing that does happen frequently is, you know, this is a family crisis. And frequently families pull together in crises. So there's a certain group of folks who get closer as a result of this because they're tackling it together. So it, is, it can be yeah. uh, an opportunity to strengthen a marriage. Do you see um, uh, uh, the, the, the challenges, uh, when we're talking about heterosexual couples, do you see the same type of challenges in the LGBTQ population uh, in, in terms of, of, of some disconnect uh, among the partners and, and, how, and how they work through their issues? My, my experience has been very different because most of the LGBT, um, I haven't seen a whole lot, one Q, um, just recently, but most of the LGB uh, folks that I see are really excited about building a family. They're using a donor or they're using a donor and a gestational carrier in the case of gay couples, and they're really excited. This is usually not a case of someone having a reproductive system which is failing. It's usually a case of somebody not having all the parts that they need, a couple not having all the parts they need. So it's a very different sort of a, a feeling when, when these folks walk in the room. Um, so, yes, you could have, obviously, a fertility issue in a, yeah. in a same-sex couple. Yeah, I see. But, but it's obviously uh, really for lack of uh, sperm or egg. So let's, let's, let's put this in the direction now. We've talked about some... some um, challenging parts to, to this. So let's talk about some therapeutic parts. So what, what's the advice you would give a couple when they start saying that sex is becoming work? Well, I, I'd say, first of all, and that's a great question uh, because you hear that an awful lot. Uh, first of all, um, you're only fertile for so many days of the month. And in the way humans are created, possible to have sex 30 days out of a 30-day month. So I like to work with folks on not being so focused on there's only this narrow window. And if you're not having sex for reproductive purposes, you can have sex for um, building intimacy, having fun. Um, those things don't need to go away. They can, they can still remain a, a very healthy part of a, a couple's uh, sexual intimacy. So, so how would you uh, approach a couple uh, that have – that you would feel is the way that there should be a healthy uh, attitude toward their infertility. And, and you know, it may sound like an, uh, an oxymoron, if you will, because this is really a life crisis, as, as, you, as you eloquently described earlier. But what, what would you tell a couple is a healthy approach to their infertility journey? Well, I think, you know, first of all, a healthy approach is working with a competent professional who, professional who understands them, who is able to lay out, here are the, the choices um, that, that you have. These are our, our best options. Um, we're going to um, tackle this for guys. It's, here's a problem to be solved. The, the, the hard part for most guys is here's a problem to be solved, and I just don't have the tools. I am reliant on somebody else. I think that's hard for women as well, uh, but more so for guys. But we're going to get the best help we can. Um, 
we're going to uh, follow directions closely. We're going to learn as much about this as we can. And we're going to try and be as realistic as possible. Um, you know, if you read the newspapers, you could get confused into thinking that everybody who goes to a, a reproductive specialist goes home with a baby because those are the those are all the stars on in the in the magazines who have their miracle baby. But not everybody is like that, so there has to be a dose of reality there too. Well, I would take it one step further: is that if you have Facebook or Instagram or what have you, is that every woman posts that they well not every but of course they they get pregnant the month they want it's the absolute i was trying for a month and you know it's a, it's obviously an overinflation and uh, you know I, I i try to put it in perspective for my patients as well uh, that you're not defined by your fertility and i and i don't want to disrespect the desire but i it's an it's a, it's a inheritable, if you will, or, or uh, and in some ways acquired uh, uh, impact on your reproductive capability. It's not something that you accomplish uh, uh, willingly, essentially. If there are some things that are a problem, there are things that are a problem. Now, some things could be lifestyle and behavioral changes, but how would you... Uh, you what I'm trying to say is that I, I think... Uh, particularly a woman, their existence is is clearly um, um, defined many times by when they wanted to have a child and when they learned that they were having difficulty. Uh, but I, I just try to encourage them to not make this ability to conceive naturally the end-all, be-all of their being. Correct, because there are really good tools that can help people who are not able to conceive naturally. Um, and, um, you know, the reality is that sometimes it's just bad luck. It isn't anything you did. Um, it's just you, you got a, a bad set of cards. Now let's, let's work with the best tools we can to, to find um, satisfying solutions. And I guess the other thing, and I know most people don't want to think this way, is that if you're not able to conceive, um, with your own egg. There are donors. If you're not able to conceive with a donor egg because your uterus can't deal with, can't handle it, then there are um, gestational carriers. And if you're not able to build a family that way, there are other options that may be less desirable but no less rewarding, such as foster and or adoption, um, foster care or adoption, because those are viable options. Um, Many people would say, well, those are second or third tier options, and perhaps that would be, you know, that's a personal decision. Um, but it's important to note that there are multiple options, and you want to, you know, have a, have a good handle on all of them. Yes, so many emotions uh, come, come into play uh, with this. When you see women in their late 30s and they talk about uh, decisions that they made and, and uh, directions that they went, and there's regret, and... You know, I say nobody's life, nobody's life is the way they thought it was going to be, but we can't look back. We have to look forward and try to do the best we could with what's ahead, uh, with what we have, and to find that type of fulfillment uh, and joy in our life right now, as opposed to ever looking back. Yeah, and I think that's a good message, that uh, you, you, the, the, the past is already taken place, there isn't much you can do about it. You might regret it. I think all of us have things that we regret. Um, as we go through life, 
and hopefully they're not things that are chronically on our minds so that that's where we're living, like you said, in the past rather than going forward into the future. Yeah, well, excellent points, uh, Bill. And uh, this has been just extremely valuable uh, uh, information for me. And I hope, I know, I know for all of our listeners uh, that uh, please remember that, that this is when you're seeking your medical care, your, your mental health is equally, if not more, important as you're going through this. And we are, are uh, very grateful to have our mental health professionals to, uh, to, to be uh, working with us directly as partners as we're taking care of our patients. So uh, I've been speaking with Dr. Bill Peacock, uh, and if you are ever in the area of Baltimore or Maryland, or if you are in there, please seek him out. Valuable, valuable uh, information that he can help you as you go through your journey or anywhere in the country to, to seek out mental health professionals. But I would underscore the point of, of ensuring that they have infertility experience. There are a very uh, credible uh, health, mental health professionals, but if they don't have the infertility experience, then it, I think there is some um, uh, lack of insight of understanding the true impact that this has on, on a, a woman in a couple's life. So I, I would encourage you to look into that. Thanks for listening to the Fertility Health Podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, Check out the IVFcenter.com for all the notes, links, and tips mentioned in this episode. If you're not already subscribed to the show, please press the subscribe button on your podcast player so you don't miss a future episode. And if you haven't given us a review or rating on iTunes yet, consider leaving a five-star review to help us reach and educate even more individuals in need. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next episode.